0: When you start us, can you say we're the, uh, the lower After Hours podcast that doesn't drop the same day as the other two? I just think it's always funny that it's like,
1: oh, they both drop stuff. Tuesday. It's like, wait a second. Yeah. How's that happen? Can <laughs> we like spread
0: it
2: out? It
1: always makes me you laugh know, every time.
2: I, I don't think after not recording for three weeks, it's a really good idea for us to uh, be crit- critical of. Uh, oh, I
1: think it's a perfect time to be critical. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Smitty's
3: been on like five different vacations since we last recorded. so Got to go on the offense. Oh, by the Eddie. way, welcome to Midweek Menches. Hey.
2: A monthly podcast. You never thought we'd come back. Uh, as part of the Hour After Hours family of <laughs> podcasts. You just heard the voice of Ant, the world traveler, who's uh, back. Schweitz, who's a international uh, superstar in our group. And then Allie, who's our Formula One and
1: Smetty expert. Vroom, vroom. SMEXpert. Oh, I've missed you guys. Um, and ladies, yeah, it's been a it's been a while, but uh, you know we're gonna try to get back on a semi regular schedule and uh, and bring you the content that you so dearly want. So I'm gonna start us off as I always do by going out to Mayor and letting you hit us with one of his uh, fabulous topics for the week. Go ahead, Mayor.
2: You know it's interesting. I, I've caught up on the shows. Actually, I was still listening to today's episodes. The ones that got me were, were actually yesterday and today was. The flying discussion and when do you leave to go to the airport? And again, a lot of it depends on what airport you're going to and whether you're traveling internationally or, you know, or staying somewhere inside the country. And living where I live, I'm about an hour away from the Atlanta airport. So I've got it. It's more important for me to time when I'm leaving because it could take me anywhere. It may take me 45 minutes to get to the Atlanta airport. It may very well take me an hour and a half to get to the Atlanta airport, just depending on the mood of Atlanta traffic that day, which is very unpredictable. So I always like to be, the airport, the airlines here tell you to be at the airport two hours before your scheduled flight. I'm going to be there two and a half hours before the flight. They see, and you're shaking your head.
1: No. Oh, no way, man. You're supposed to be there two hours in advance for domestic and three hours for international. Um, I think the last time I flew, I got there like 45 minutes or an hour ahead, maybe at most. Now I do understand that there are times when the airport is crazier, Similarly, to you mayor where I am, I've got a bunch of airports near me, but it could take 40 minutes. It could take hour, 45 minutes. So I sort of need to understand what I'm doing time-wise because I don't want to cut it that close, but I certainly am not getting to the airport two hours ahead. And I'm also not paying $80 for TSA pre-check. Forget that noise. Like, yes, who cares? I have to take off my shoes. Who necessarily cares? I have to take off a belt. But at this point, I've traveled enough. I've got nothing on me that's metal. I've got my phone with my boarding pass. I've got my ID and everything else is ready to go in my bag long before I get anywhere near that thing. As a matter of fact, I'll even go you one further, Mayor. I normally opt out and do not actually get the full body arms in the air scan that everyone wants to. And so I'm even longer to get through security because I'm like, I don't need you taking my picture. As a matter of fact, when we flew to Paris, it was the, which was within the last month, was the first time I had ever had myself scanned. And it's been going on since 9-11. And why? Because I had three kids with me and my wife, and they were not going to sit there and wait for me to do get swabbed and wiped. And you request on the cavity check? What is it? Yeah. Basically, if you won't go through that scan, they will put you through the metal detector, and then they will take your person, take your bags, go over to the side, and you can. They ask you if you'd like a private room or not. I, I don't really care. And they will for your chest. And your legs, they will use the inside of their hand. And for your buttocks and your genitalia, they will use the outside of their hand. And they will basically just run their hand down you this way or this way to see if you've got anything. They will check the waistband of your pants. And then they will take one of their wipes or something and take like three different spots on your clothes and a couple of different spots on your bag and put it through the sensor to see if there's any explosive residue on what you have going on. And it usually takes somewhere in the neighborhood of probably 10 to 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. But especially if you're going through a busy airport, sometimes you opting out while it takes longer compared to you just walking through. If the line on the scanner is longer, you can actually get through quicker because you're like, I'm opting out. like, Okay, go over here, go through here and go on the other side. and And so sometimes, I mean, I don't do it because I think it's quicker. I do it because... I don't really think I should be have to be scanned in that manner, but I'm all about cutting it close. I'd like to get to the airport. You know, like I, mean, I said, hour if, hour fifteen ahead at most.
2: There's a lot if of they, questions. There's a lot to peel back on this onion. If so,
1: they're gonna start
0: uh, touching my ass with the back of their hands, I'm gonna start opting out every time. Geez, I didn't I didn't know that was an option. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's certainly no worse than like George Tribbiani's Taylor when he uh, measured in for pants that one time. For all you that except for Roy that get the friends reference.
2: Go ahead, Allie. I know there's, there's at least a couple questions rattling around there. Pull one out.
3: I mean, this is just a two America situation. I would never, ever opt out of anybody trying to touch my body. Like just send me through the scanner. I've been scanned enough. What is it going to do? Shoot more radiation in my body. That's already there. I mean, it's just going to, I'm going to die eventually with all these pictures they're taking of me. I just would never have anybody touch me, but I also don't fly a lot. I haven't flown in seven years. And even, before then like i have i've maybe counted like commercially could count on two hands how many times i've flown
0: your arms must be well rested if you oh, haven't yeah, flown it's so in a while
3: tiring i know <laughs> oh god
1: but i'm but, uh, I yeah, got, but i got I, I, I show up- jokes
3: Yeah, I'm terrified of flying. So I, I, and plus I don't do well in stressful situations. I turn into a total bitch. So I get to the airport like two and a half hours before, and I'll just sit there and try to stay calm rather than be, give myself time. And I even have TSA pre check from, you know, thank, thank me for my service being in the military. I get it automatically. So I don't have to wait for security or anything, but I'll still show up early just from a nervous standpoint because I always think I'm going to die on an airplane.
1: And just to clarify, this literally has nothing to do with the radiation. This has to do with, I don't think my privacy should allow them to take the level of pictures they're taking with that device. I don't think they learn anything that's really that exciting that they couldn't learn if they wanted to learn in other manners. I don't think it's remotely acceptable, but I also know I'm one person or a handful of people that would fight it. So I just uh, opt out and don't let them uh, you know, refuse to do it.
3: Yeah. The government already has pictures of my snatch. So I'm used to it. Yeah.
2: I saw those on the internet too. The one line that that Mike did have like, referred to themselves as veterans of the sky. He had Amin because they had the TSA pre-check. I, just the way that line landed, it was funny. It was right at the very tail end of the post-game show. And then I got to thinking about Amin when they were asking him if he had a lot of... Dan was, of course, trying to find the grief-eating side of it and wanted to know if Amin always ran into trouble in airports. And it just made me think of Amin al-Hassled is what came to mind there. It's kind of...
0: Well done. <laughs>
2: Today's episode, and I haven't gotten through the entire thing, but they had Michael Ian Black on. Now, I don't know. I'm sure, Schweitz, you you know who he is then.
0: Oh, of course. Uh, I love Michael Ian Black.
2: Uh, and I don't know if I, I figured you might. Uh, he was actually, I remember him all the way back when he was on a show on MTV called The State. And it was almost like a, a sketch comedy or kind of like a skit thing. Thomas Lennon was on there, who's, you know, had a really, really good underground career, you know, with Reno 911 and a bunch of other uh, little b- bit rolls. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. I've always, and I've always found both of them funny. And of course, Michael Ian Black is, you know, does the observational type of comedy, not, you know, similar to Seinfeld and you find odd things in life that, that you just kind of like to bring out into it. A uh, good discussion today about the book that he wrote and a little bit about his life that he shared if you haven't listened to the Wednesday podcast then i would uh, you'll you'll look forward to, to hearing that
1: i'm a fan of what michael Ian black did to on the show he was one of those guys that i paid attention to but i wouldn't necessarily be like oh he's on, he's on this i've got to go watch this now but it was someone that whenever i caught him i was like oh i like him like he he always does good stuff necessarily and and certainly you know i knew some of what you know his backstory and having two moms who are lesbian and and some of that that stuff but some of the stuff about like his dad and uh, um i found interesting i mean i'm always you know you know we all listen to levitard because he's not necessarily sports-centric but when they do these deep dives on some of these people i, I i'm i'm all in because it's not like they're picking an average whatever they're picking someone who either they find interesting or is interesting because of something they have going on, like, you know, his book comparatively um, good or bad sort of fits with some of what we have going on at this moment in our country. And I, I you know, I was just sort of intrigued by it. And, um, you know, the sock puppet, I think it's going to be hilarious come the fall when he's picking games because, you know all the celebrity prognosticators they bring on tend to be tend tend to roll with the stuff pretty well. And, you know, I think he'll someone who who seemed to be able to roll with everything they had going on. And, uh, And so I would, I like that. I like when they do these kind of things.
3: Oh no, we can't hear Mayor. Where's Mayor?
2: I was saying into a dead microphone. You know, I'm a trained broadcaster by trade. That this fall they'll be doing much more video. So obviously, using a sock puppet and being able to to see the bit versus just have it. Then you also, again, you have got a comedian that's already bought into the fact that he's going to be a celebrity prognosticator. Gives him time to develop all kinds of material and kind of get creative in his mind for what he's going to bring to the table. Yeah, we'll get the
3: video for the sock puppet next football season. Like in 2023, I, rolling into 2024. I don't
0: think he's going to think about it again until Billy calls him up. Like, I, like he doesn't care. Like, he's not tied to this. He doesn't know. it. like, unless he's close with, like, Adam McKay or Mike Schur, who can remind him from time to time. Yeah, he's not. He, he's, he's, he's got his own stuff to do. But it will still be funny. Like, he can go off the cuff. He does enough of that stuff. He's a pretty funny comedian. And I follow him on Twitter. Too, and just he's very poignant and very good at making a point with the comedic flourish.
1: Well, that's all I got for you, Ant. We'll pass it around the horn. Oh, you got Mayor, I am stunned. You usually have 65 more things, but I'm sure. By time we continue to talk, you'll be like, "Oh wait, I have a wait, I have a wait, I have another." So,
3: Mayor, what's your um, opinion on broadcaster pay?
1: My opinion on (laughs) broadcaster pay?
3: (laughs) That's like summing up the last three weeks. What's your opinion on broadcaster pay? We don't know what we're watching, Um, and Steph Curry ruined basketball.
2: Yeah, I would, I would say that broadcaster pay. If you can get that kind of money, then go ahead and take it and do it. But if you're looking to get into radio, it's great as long as you don't want any money. If you're going to get into the broadcast business create content and know how to sell advertising because you'll make money on the sales side. And if somebody wants to pay you 35 million to do NFL football, go ahead and take that.
1: Yeah. yeah I'd have to agree. I would add though. I feel like sometimes they do downplay it a little bit and like, it's not just show up at 1255 for the one Oh five game. Like you sort of need to it's a lot be of aware of the players. I mean, it's not the hardest job in the world. Believe me, I, I would take it paying, you know, one third of what any of those are making. But I do think if you want to be good at it and you want to continue to be good at it, you do have to do some prep work over the week or, you know, at least be amendable to that. I mean, we've seen in the past when he's been tried stuff like Tony Kornheiser or, you know, other, you know, comedic, who'd they try? Uh, Dennis Miller. Thank you. I was just blanking on his name, but like sometimes it can work, but sometimes it's just if you, if you aren't able to talk about the number three linebacker on a team, you're going to lose something, especially where it's sort of a come. So
2: I'm friends with, with Wes Durham, who's the voice of the Atlanta Falcons and does an awful lot of, he has a show on Sirius radio and he's also, you know, he does ACC sports year round and the level of preparation. I mean, typically for I think for every hour you're on the air, there's about four or five hours worth of preparation for it. So if you're doing a basketball game, it's going to be two hours. You're spending at least eight hours on it. He's got to be able to know who that third string guard was from wherever he was and wherever he played high school and a little bit of something. And so again, the preparation that goes into it, it's almost like a gymnast, you know, but he goes, oh my gosh, the gymnast is, you know, she got paid all this money for, for just doing five minutes, you know, five seconds of work. And it's like, yeah. But those five seconds that she performed, there's thousands of hours that went into the preparation for those five seconds. And broadcasting is very similar to that.
0: If you're in a two-man booth, though, only one of you actually has to prep that much. The other one just feeds off them. Look at Stu Guts.
1: Yes, that's true. But you sort of also have to be like, you couldn't just randomly stick two people together who have never been together. They would fumble, at least initially, while they were trying to get a handle on, uh, when do I ju- you know, like when Billy and Chris did the baseball, they had to get a handle on when they could interject, when they could jump in, when they could make comments, unless they wanted to spend the whole time talking over their, their booth mate. So
3: yeah, broadcaster pay. That was the past three weeks of the show, plus the <laughs> month before and the month before. I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, how do we feel about how the show is very Miami-centric? And when Jess said, oh, I'm so tired of the Miami heat, how do we feel about that? When the show, yes, it's a national show, but it's also based in Miami. How do you feel about their coverage of Miami sports compared to national coverage?
1: So I would just say grand scheme. I hate the heat. I hate the dolphins as fans of teams who are the exact opposite and their rivals, the Knicks and the jets for what it's worth, not really rivals before mayor goes too crazy here, but I hate them, but I enjoy how much others hate when they talk about them. And I almost wonder, it wouldn't surprise me if they prompted Jess to sort of be a contrasting voice to some of that localness, you know, at this point, I'm sorry, if you don't know that they're going to talk about the heat, anytime something remotely above positive happens to the heat, then you're not really paying attention to Levitard. I mean, they feed off of each other, they feed off of, of that, a you know the the disconnect with the other people who don't like him or the disconnect with the fans of the show who hate how much he talk about him i mean you know you complain that mike talks heat too much you're getting more heat because he knows it's going to rile you up and you're going to get angry and you're going to get involved and you're going to get invested in all that stuff so i sort of think that it's possible Jessica could absolutely be tired of it you know i think if you had to hear about teams you didn't care about yeah eventually you would get pretty tired of it at the same time she embraces them somewhat and then other times doesn't. So I'm sure there's a level of that that is her playing up the role or giving voice to the people who are annoyed by it, even if she secretly doesn't really care way or the other.
0: Personally, I think they should bring in Cortez tomorrow and just have him talk to her the entire local hour. He's the only one that speaks. Like, I think if we want to really hammer in just what the heat mean to the show, like, I think that's that's what they could do. That's how they could pick it up a notch. Is this the
3: worst NBA playoffs in history?
0: You know,
2: it's two to two. So
3: I mean, no, not like the the series, but just the playoffs in general, because there's so many blowouts. Is it like comparing it to other? Is it just recency bias on my part? I just remember having all these blowouts though. The
0: blowouts have been happening basically since basically when the three ball sort of became prevalent. So the last five, seven years, that's what happened because three balls are so make and miss. So if one team starts missing, there's a lot of blowouts. If they're
3: hot or not, yeah.
0: Yeah, I heard some pod that was breaking it down once and and they basically said there would be like maybe like one or two blowouts a postseason and we get one or two a series now. And that's just normal. You just It just comes with it because it's all three ball.
1: I don't know, Allie. I I don't actually think it's recently biased. I feel like this year has been worse, that this year has been a lot more like, or just wild swings, like heater up by 15 and a half time. Nine minutes later, they're down by 10. Like what? Like how how the hell did they get outscored by 25 in such a short period of time? Even if maybe at the end, you know, last night, you know, I, I woke up this morning to the fact that the Mavs won by 10, but I was watching the game early on and- I turned to was like, oh, hey, you can change this in about five minutes. She's like, "Where?" Well, I'm like, because the game is like 35 or 28 or whatever. It was just disgusting. Like, And what I find shocking is you never get two teams hot at the same time. Like you don't get both teams are hot everyone's hitting things, everyone's scoring. You get one team is doing really good and it's up by a shit ton of points and the other team is just stinking. And so maybe, I certainly do think it is increased since the three ball era has become more prominent, but I feel like this year is worse. Like I don't remember any games that seem to be close in my opinion.
2: I'm going to agree with you on that, but I want to go back to something you said earlier that said that both New York and Miami were on opposite ends of the spectrum as far as
1: fandom. No, like I'm a Jets fan and a Knicks fan, which our biggest rivals are the Heat and the Dolphins from a team standpoint, even though you can argue very easily that those aren't necessarily rivals on the field because of how the Knicks have played and how Miami has played and how the Jets have played and how the Dolphins have played. But as a fan, I hate Miami as a fan. I hate the heat. I hate that Pat Riley left in the manner that he did. The Patriots, yes, I hate the Patriots, but the Patriots are a good team. Miami's just a similarly crap team, you know, like, so for me, the two teams that I dislike the most are the Dolphins and the Heat when it comes to those sports. But you could very easily argue they're not actually rivals with the way the teams play or how things have gone the last decade or two, especially between the Heat and the Knicks, but also even the Dolphins. I feel like, You know, those teams are never good at the same time or never really, really, if they're both awful, no one really cares. Well,
2: the Knicks, again, the Knicks and the Celtics are the two that are on my list. And I'm not even even really a basketball fan, but Allie, you had a comment and then Schweitz.
3: Well, I was going to say, Ant said that he hated the Patriots, so that means he hates America. So that's why you're not going to get TSA pre-check because you're going to get on a no-fly list because you hate America.
1: I would get on a no-fly list for many other reasons long before hating the Patriots. (laughs) I
0: hope the TSA agent uses the front of their hand next time so you can feel something. Baby. I was just going to say, too, my dad's a diehard Jets fan. He will always hate the Raiders. The Raiders are the number one team that he hates
1: Raiders.
0: <laughs> just because of the Heidi Bowl. Sure.
1: Uh, based I, on with- Based on age, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I can. For me, it's the Dolphins because back in the day, Dan Marino was he. He was the rival. He was. We had Ken O'Brien. They had Dan Marino. It wasn't even close. Um, you know, even every game seemed like it was forty-eight, forty-five, and they would win on the last second, throwing a bomb to Duper or or bomb to Clayton or whatever. So, um, yeah, it, it, I, it, certainly your fandom would be, you know, uh, built up based on robbery at the time of your club or you know what was going on like the Heidi game where they you know cut away from the game (laughs) never mind the way it ended etc so just know know
2: that you know that this offseason the Knicks they're gonna they're gonna draft somebody in the first round then they're gonna sign a 35 year old free agent and then all the talk will be that you know the Knicks are back and they're gonna be championship contenders so don't worry because that's what happens every year And we'll just wait for that.
1: We're going to sign Jalen Brunson to some $45 million annual average contract, I'm sure, and uh, draft in the middle of whatever. And to be fair, I don't actually mind where we're drafting because there's no expectations. Versus when you draft in the top five, the fans tend to more expect the person's going to come in and be a savior. Drafting at 11, no one's actually going to think, they're going to hope they get, you know, the Euro player who no one knows about or someone who stands up and is better than than they were able to be in college, so I I have I don't have the delusions of, of, of many Nick fans in that manner because it's just not worth it.
0: I also just wanted to say when I was in high school, my mom and I were at a store and we found a five dollar DVD of Heidi. So we came home, put it in the DVD player. My dad was watching a game, got up to use the bathroom. We had two of the same TVs in the house, so we could use the we could you know use the remote from the other TV on that TV. So as he got up, I was holding the other remote. He came back from the bathroom, and all of a sudden, Heidi was on. I told him they, uh, they turned off the game, and he just stared at me and
1: started swearing. You are Which, evil. That's awesome. But I love it. <laughs> so I'd like to talk about Roy a little bit. And we sort of covered this a little bit in the pregame before we started recording here. But what do you think? Is Roy full of shit that he knows no 90s, late 90s, early 2000s sort of? new metal songs like can you really go to hockey game after hockey game after hockey game where they play this stuff constantly or to be fair any sort of arena for any sporting event where they play these songs constantly because so many people know him and pretend he has no idea what any of them are. I think
0: he can pick them out slightly more than he's he's letting on, but I don't think he really cares or pays attention that much. I mean, if you're at a game two, they play snippets of the song, so he might know the chorus, but he doesn't, you know, New Metal 2, they don't usually say the name of the song very often. So he just,
2: he doesn't care. So I'm okay with that. I think it's it's not a genre of music that he necessarily enjoys. So while he may hear it, he's not necessarily listening to it. And so he doesn't have it taking up time in his or space in his brain to to know it. I mean, I think if you were to play the snippets of it, you'd go, oh yeah, I know what that is. But they couldn't, they couldn't do that on the air because of all the the licensing issues that that would bring. But I think, I think he, if you played it, he would understand it again. It's just, it's just not interesting to him. It's kind of like Downton Abbeys for me. I've, I've got zero interest in watching any of it.
3: Yeah. Like, doesn't he like jazz? Isn't he more like a jazz guy? So I wouldn't expect him to know any of that kind of stuff. I think he's right. It is like a two Americas kind of thing.
1: I don't know. I guess, I guess I was just sort of a little put off with how he seemed almost obstinate about it. Like there's no way I know it. Like Roy, it's like, like he was almost offended that they would think he would know it because he would some way, I don't know, be a negative on him that I go to 35 Panther games a year. They play the same four songs every night, but no way I know him. Cause I can't know him. Cause you know, I would lose my card as a as a man or I would lose my, you know, like he just seems so against the idea that he could even possibly know them.
3: He's like tweeting the putt cast or whatever they call it in hockey, where they tell you like pay, play by play what's going on. Like that's Roy's Twitter feed in a nutshell, besides the Yo Mama stuff. Like it's all just like this person did this, this person did that. So maybe he's just so focused in on getting the best hockey analysis that Metal Arc Media can come up with that he's just- oblivious to his surroundings
2: i certainly think he was exaggerating some but again that's part of the content creation and then the the personal caricatures they make of of all that they all have of themselves that to create that content to make the show what it is
1: and i I guess you're right i guess i was just he seemed to take it to a level that i was just surprised that he was so like no how dead sad on the song like roy it's like so what if you know who Sugar Ray is like. So what? like, it doesn't like (laughs) you hear it 35 times a year for the last decade. So what that you might actually know. Some would say every morning.
2: Well done. Akeem Nix laugh.
3: Can we talk about how great Amin is at the show? Just how and like how underappreciated his jokes are, like when he sneaks them in and then people just run him over and just keep talking like during the Ron McGill segment, when Mike was talking about Swan singing when they're dying, and then Mike says, "Well, what does a goose does a goose sing when it dies?" And he just slips in, "I don't know." ask Maverick, "All oh, that was genius. Com- he he's the best." And I hope, and I mean, I'm sure the sure has this. Like, what is their five year, six year plan when Dan and Sue decide to step away? I would love to see him mean more on the show. I think he gets the show more than any other person that they've had within their circle recently, and he he's just hilarious, and he keeps Dan in check too, for the most part compared to the other people on the show and his ways thing. Like I, I tweeted this, that I would pay an astronomical amount for a ways, a mean service with all of his characters and him yelling me at dog rivers. It's not Blake's fault. It's not Blake's fault. You missed your term. But it's not Blake's fault.
2: You're going to be 15 minutes late, but it's not Blake's fault.
1: So Ali, I will agree with you. I, I think a mean is, excellent when he comes on the show um not just when he's talking basketball stuff which is his expertise but just in general the way he brings a different perspective the way he like you say sort of goes after dan and sort of tries to keep him in check about certain things or um you know and or even like and i am broadly a fan of nick Wright. i like how hard he went nick Wright on the whole bar versus club um thing i thought it was very well done i thought Amin has passion about stuff and it doesn't, for me, doesn't seem forced. It seems like he's really like, no, this is really what I think. And and that's always nice because sometimes, obviously, as we know, they play up stuff to sort of play up stuff. And I think Amin brings a good, not even killed exactly because he's all over the place, but a a level of authenticity with a lot of what he does or or it feels authentic for me, which I like.
3: And that concludes our Amin coverage.
1: Pause for laughter. Schweitz, you said you got one more topic
2: before we land the plane. Go ahead. I got one
0: more topic. So on, I think it was Monday show. They were talking about how if they saw a celebrity just in the wild, they would, you know, be they they wouldn't just go and start raving about how much they like them. They would try to strike up a conversation, just have more of a normal chat. Well, I have a story that this happened to me. It Happened in a handshake line with a President Barack Obama. Actually, my mother. This organization uh, that I was helping work had Obama speak about 10 years ago while he was president. And I ended up being the very last person in the handshake line. I was well aware that every person that he was shaking hands with was just saying thank you or, you know, just we like what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. They were all just blowing smoke. So he gets to me and I just shout, what do you think of David Stern turning down the Chris Paul to the Lakers? This was right after David Stern had done that. He had already shaken my hand and had started walking away, realized what I said, turned around, came back, and started talking about how the Lakers got, used the term gypped, sort of surprised to used that term. but uh, So we had about a two, three-minute conversation about Chris Paul not going to the Lakers, and he just seemed so happy that somebody asked him a question that wasn't just blowing smoke. So it works, especially if you're the very last person in line.
2: That is great. Anybody else have an experience like that?
3: That's Obama, not no-bama.
0: He was just scared because you're taller than him, I think. Uh, he was, he was, I think we're about the same height. Not
2: real tell. hoopers, no. You also could have asked him if ever really would have a beer with Mitch McConnell.
0: Mitch McConnell doesn't want to have a beer. No, Barack. Uh,
3: just wants to go hang out with Michelle, Sasha, Malaya. That's good. It's not Blake's fault. No, I didn't see anything. I didn't have anything. I just got here. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't have anything. I don't have anything.
1: And on that note. We are going to land this baby quick and fast and to the point. So thank you for coming back and, and realizing that midweek week matches still does exist and we'll do our best to catch you next week. Quick around the horn. We have uh Allie, where can we find you on social media
3: at the Indy 500 this weekend, Jimmy Johnson is starting P12. Don't be surprised if he makes it on the podium.
1: So we're going to need an Indy minute from you uh, after this weekend. Then, um, Are Indy minutes faster?
0: They're,
3: F- yeah, one. they're faster than F1 minutes. But
2: they go in multiple directions, too.
3: Yeah, they turn all over the place, and they just wing it with their wings.
1: The swites work where we find you on social media? In Canada. Okay. Where exactly in Canada? Because I may be up your way uh, this coming weekend. In Toronto. Okay. Getting
3: frisked by a TSA agent.
1: Woo-hoo. No, I can get over the boat about getting frisked. It's fine. I'll be vehicle wise heading up to Shirkston and maybe making it to Toronto, although I'm not sure. So we'll talk off air if if that actually happens. May are going we find you? Laura yeah, after hours. We didn't, we didn't even War. talk about your trip out west to see some of the other
2: Lauer after hours family members. Maybe we'll have to talk about that next week. Since i uh, will have to sure that, that next week. I'm sure. We? sure there's a big story there. We'll have to book. Everybody bookmark that so we don't forget about that. Ant's trip out west. As don't again,
3: let LTC steal it. All
2: over the place.
1: I'm sure they probably already have those. They tried. Scenarios. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't join their podcast that week.
2: You can. Uh, you can find me in Cartersville at Santini Matt
1: on Twitter. And I'm Ant at Diana One Twitter. And as always, please check out our other wonderful offerings on the Live After the Hours Network. We have LTC, After the Club, recorded Friday night and posted three, three months later. We have Post Post Game, and we have Cinema, where we ascertain whether mediocre movies are actually that mediocre. This is Midweek matches. We thank you very much for joining, and you have a wonderful week. See ya.
3: Bet the farm on Rina's VK.
2: RIP Panthers. Zoom Zoom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get
3: podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.